Hello and welcome to Holistic Health Chats, a podcast where we chat about all things holistic women's health and everything in between. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, a women's health nutritionist with a focus on helping women to heal holistically and live pain and symptom free. I'm so happy that you've made your way here. Tune in every week so we can listen, learn and be inspired together. In today's episode of Holistic Health Chats, I'm chatting with Gemma Lee. Gemma Lee is a period coach, a menstrual cycle educator, and a speaker. In today's conversation, we are chatting all about living in tune with your menstrual cycle, what that actually looks like, along with tools and strategies that you can begin implementing today. I'll take just about any opportunity to talk about periods and what it's like to be a woman. So as you can imagine, I absolutely loved this conversation that I had with Gemma Lee, and I hope that you love listening to it too. Hi, Gemma Lee. Welcome to Holistic Health Chats. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you today. We're going to be talking all things menstrual cycle and focusing in on what it really means to live in tune with your menstrual cycle. So this is a topic that I know Gemma is really passionate about, and this is what she does day in, day out. And the two of us could probably spend all day here chatting about this. But um, before we get stuck in today, Gemma, I'd love if you could explain a little bit more about what it is that you do in your business on a day-to-day basis and, and how it is that you're actually helping women. Oh, good question. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, so day-to-day business, um, I run a few different things. I also run a podcast called the Well Women Podcast. Um, I run an online subscription-based program, which is really a group coaching program for women wanting to learn about their cycles. That's called the Well Women Academy. So I run that. I do one-on-one coaching. Um, in my coaching practice individually, I, as a natural fertility educator and teacher and also menstrual cycle, I guess, educator and teacher who's got 17 years experience in the industry, I kind of bring it all together in one-on-one coaching to help Mm -hmm. women kind of understand exactly where they're at in the cycle and what that means for them. Mm -hmm. And then I also, just this year, I launched the the world's first menstrual cycle certification course. So I'm currently running a course um, helping other women become certified coaches in the menstrual cycle. So the world is, my world is very full with everything to do with the menstrual cycle, literally. My partner asks me about it all the time. My cycle tracker is on the fridge. Um, I sometimes teach in schools. I was in a school last Thursday um, and I really work from with women or menstruators from menarche, so beginning of menstruation or just before their first bleed, right through to menopause, if not after. So I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. You've got such a beautiful a diverse array of different things going on. I love it. And then I say it and I'm like, shit, no wonder I... I feel like I need to have a holiday more often. <laughs> I'm like, do I do all that? Really? Yes, all those things. And how did you get into it? Like what was the, I guess we all have sort of, well, generally we all have a backstory as to why we got into some kind of health career. So mm. was there a catalyst event or an experience that led you there? Really great question. I mentioned like I've been in the industry for a number of years, but My journey into the health industry began when I was like 14, 15. My brother was diagnosed with celiac disease and this is like two decades ago. So back then no one even knew what celiac was, let alone gluten. So I've been living gluten-free for 20 years and we learn a lot about food at the time, you know, obviously subscribing to the Celiac Society Association and getting the little book where you read all the ingredients and I just then at that young age learned that everything we put in our bodies isn't always good for us and sometimes it can actually harm us. And so I just naturally became quite a healthy person. I already was very athletic and um, I studied fashion and then I ended up working in nutritional manufacturing and became a food science formulator. And so in that process, I learned a very different side of nutrition than what's Mm. taught, for example, at university um, and then what we see in practice today. And that's all to do with manufacturing and how things are sourced, how they're produced, how they're labelled and how they go from an idea of a product to a product on the shelf, let alone in your kitchen or your, your house. So that was the world that I was in, but I was also running a photography business and because I'm quite a creative soul, literally I've been doing art my whole life, I um I got really sick and I discovered that I had leaky gut. 
Mm-hmm. And so whilst I was working in consultancy and food manufacturing and running a photography business, you know, one year I shot 33 weddings in one year. That's nearly like, it's more than half mm-hmm. the weekends, just always shooting. And I was very burnt out, hence why I got leaky gut. And that kind of sent me down the path of learning even more about health. And at the same time, my, a very close friend of mine was diagnosed with celiacs and she was like she didn't know anyone else who was gluten-free except for me and my my family. And so she rang me and she's like, can you please help me, please? And I was like, it's really easy to live gluten-free, okay. And so I just helped her over a couple of weeks and she's like, you're really good at this. You should help people. And I was like, you are so full of shit. <laughs> I was like, whatever. I run two big things in my life right now. And um, here we are. I'm a coach now. So that was how I kind of got into the industry of coaching back in 2012, 2013. And then I came off the contraceptive pill. It was kind of like my final piece of the puzzle with leaky mm. gut. Everything was perfect in my body, um, which is a bit arrogant to say, but my health was ideally fantastic. And mm-hmm. the only thing that was off was the fact that I was still on the contraceptive pill and I had literally detoxed everything. <laughs> from all of the kitchen to all of the bathroom to the laundry to like my bed linen to the plants I had inside, like everything. And so the pill was really the last step. And I was in a a health science conference in America and one of the scientists was sharing about detoxification for women and they shared that the average average baby is born with roughly 285 chemicals and toxins in its body before it's Mm. taken its first breath. And I was like, what the F? Oh my God, I want to be a mum one day. So I've got to like clean this shit up. And so mm. I came off the contraceptive pill, lost my period for nine months because um, clearly I'd had a, a pill bleed for 12 years and I discovered I had PCOS. Now mm. at that time, that's how I kind of got into menstrual cycles. I was like, how come no one at this stage of knowing everything I know so far about health, no one and no course that I've ever studied has talked about this. And it's kind of like the hidden topic that was never spoken about in any way, like whether I go to the doctor or whether I speak with my family about it or whether I was studying something in the health industry. And so I just started to learn more about it myself. Then I noticed my clients were all having similar symptoms, not to PCOS, but just menstrual cycle symptoms, Mm -hmm. which I call cycle signs. And I just kind of naturally progressed into this way and my clients like you should write a program and then you should do this and it's really just been intuitively that it's kind of come about that this is what I do Mm -hmm. and I sometimes joke with friends that like yeah I run podcasts and I talk about anal sex and (laughs) orgasms and period bleeds and and I talk about menstrual cycles all day (laughs) so um, that's how I kind of got to what it where where I am now. Yeah, I love that. It's that natural evolution. And it is often our own, I guess, our own journey that leads us there and our own struggles. And then that sort of inspires us to be able to help other people in that same way, which is really lovely. Mm. Yeah. And so I guess now getting into today's topic, talking all about uh, living in tune with your menstrual cycle, I'd just love if you could give us a bit of an overview Um in terms of what are the actual changes that are happening in our body physically, but also emotionally across the menstrual cycle? And what does that sort of look like when it's, uh, I guess, in balance? Like what, what is ideal, what we're looking for? And then the flip side of that is what does that look like for women when things are a bit pear-shaped? Oh, yeah. So it's a bit of a multidimensional question. Yes. <laughs> Um, so what is with the menstrual cycle in general, mm-hmm. there's a lot of one miseducation and also lack of education. And so, you know, teaching in schools last week, I was teaching 12 and 13 year olds and they know next to nothing about mm-hmm. their cycles. And same with me. When I went to school, I didn't know anything about my cycle. And it's not really what I see is it's not really until women and you might see this in your own practice mm-hmm. are wanting or trying to conceive. They're like, oh, my God, there's a problem with my cycle. And ultimately, especially through natural fertility and the awareness of natural fertility, preconception care can be 10 years before you conceive, five years before you conceive, rather than the month before you conceive. And your body as a woman, the cycle is a direct reflection of your overall health. And that's something that um, if you think right back to the Egyptian and even the medieval times, they would say if that you had little flow, that you would appear ill. 
if you didn't bleed regularly and have a regular, I guess, amount of blood, and they would call it a womb full amount of blood, which is interesting. And even back then, we're talking thousands of years ago, they knew that if you didn't have a bleed or you had little bleed, that there was illness present. And so today we're seeing more and more of this, and there's many reasons why, and more women are starting to understand that there's importance behind having a menstruation and an importance behind having a healthy ovulation, which is a healthy cycle. Mm. And the work that I do, which is I'm very grateful <laughs> that like people are wanting to learn about it. But it's interesting, each menstruator kind of learns about this at a different pace or a different rate. You know, I have a client at the moment who is early menopause and she's 45, 46, and she's only just learning about it now versus Mm. another client I've got is 23, like 20 years younger than her, has had 20 years less menstruation experience and is really just starting to, like, get together with her cycle and truly understand it so that it'll serve her for the rest of her life. And there's no judgment. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, why didn't anyone tell me this when I was 15? Is that shame or that anger or that frustration that you feel, that's actually ancestral frustration. We've been feeling this way for centuries, literally. And it's kind of embodied and embedded in us that we have challenge around opening up around these topics. Mm. Now there was another part to your question. Well, I was just sort of wondering, you know, what are the changes physically and, and emotionally that are... Um, when they track their cycle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, equally, I think that's just, it's so beautiful that you've got women at all different stages of life still wanting to learn about it because it's never really, it's never too too late, you know, it's never too late to learn about that. It's really not ever too late. And If you think about it, we as menstruators and women, we are cyclical beings. Now, both males and females and any gender really is a cyclical being, and that's because we cycle with the planet. And so in my Ayurvedic studies, you know, that's the interrelationship with our body and nature, and that's understanding that we vibe with the moon, we vibe with the ocean, we vibe with seasons, winter, spring, summer, autumn, late autumn. And so knowing that we're cyclical in that nature then can help us learn that we're cyclical in our inner nature. Now, men and women, all genders, are cyclical in their inner nature, but the way that their cycle works is just different. So men run on this 24-hour cycle, whereas women run on this more like a full-phase cycle, which Mm. sometimes is just referred to as a 28-day cycle, but it could be 26, it could be 32. It's whatever's in flow for you and is regular for you. But the biggest changes that I notice, particularly with cycle tracking, like cycle tracking is free and it's literally kind of like journaling on your menstrual cycle. Mm. But I like to get everyone to kind of do it in dot point and make it really simple because if you're going to sit down and be like, dear diary, today I had the best (laughs) period bleed ever, it's going to be really frustrating and you're going to hate doing it. But if you can just dot point a few essential things every day and connect with your body every day in that way, it can literally transform how you understand your body, but also your relationship with your body too. Now, when it comes to cycle tracking, and I'll talk about what signs change and the changes that come from that. But firstly, with cycle tracking, there's two ways to track your cycle. There's using an app, which many people do. Now, I'm, I like apps. Apps are great for certain reasons. I use an app too. But using a written tracker is very important for deeper body connection because whenever you're tracking on an app, it's kind of like touch, 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 swipe, forget. Like Mm. it's the same reason. There's something very different about holding a pen, right? Right. It's kinesthetic. Whereas if (laughs) I always think of like, you know, those times when you're on Instagram, you're like, holy shit, where did that last 17 minutes go? Yes. (laughs) And so that disconnection that we have with devices If you're using a device to track your cycle, it can be a disconnection. Mm. It's a great starting place for a lot of people as an introductory to get to know your cycle using an app. It can be very helpful for that. But if you're wanting to really understand your cycle, tracking with a written tracker is the way to go. Mm -hmm. Now, when women do that, they start to recognize these are the changes. They start to recognize that they feel different in each of the four different phases of their cycle. They feel different emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and energetically, and even physically. So sometimes there's 
aspects of your cycle where you're like, oh my God, I fucking look hot today. Like I am <laughs> rocking this body, <laughs> right? And then there's times in your cycle where you're like, I'm not getting out of these tracksuit pants and you will have to kill me before I leave the house. Yes. And so you're in your same body, literally the same body. And I even say to my partner sometimes when I'm bleeding, I'm like, can you see this? <laughs> and I'm like, for those who can't see, I've got my hands on my womb. I'm like, can you see the puffiness here? That's that's my uterus. Yeah. Did you know it nearly doubles to triples in size when I'm menstruating? Cause it's like, I can't see shit. <laughs> you look exactly the same. And I'm like, that's because it doesn't matter how it looks. It's how it feels, feels. that's important. Mm. And so I'm always interested to know, okay, I'm feeling this, but do I look like that? And so we're very transparent and honest between each other. And, you know, he's like, I can't say anything. You look the same. You're crazy. <laughs> and it's, he knows he would never say I'm crazy, but he asked me to put my cycle tracker on my fridge so he could read it. So he's definitely not crazy. But when it comes to the changes that we see is you start to recognize that the way that you feel is different. And that, that book, you know, men are from Mars and women are from mm. Venus. Yeah. We are from two different planets because we have two different completely structured endocrine systems. And so that's where we start to see really great changes um, with cycle tracking in understanding when I'm really hungry, when I've got food cravings or hangry, and when I am actually just really balanced and I don't feel like overeating too much. And there's times when you do overeat and there's times mm. when you don't. Then it's the same with movement. Oh, my God, I had like the best, you know, gym practice. So for me, I'm a yoga practitioner. I practice five to six times a week, every week, have for 11 years. And I know there's a time in my cycle where I'm like, you know what, that handstand drop back or that forearm balance or the really challenging poses that require a lot of attention, you know, I'm just like, pop, easy, done, pop straight up there. And then 10 days later, I'm just like face planting it every <laughs> single time. And one, I used to maybe judge myself for that and be like, no, everyone else in the class is doing it. I better do it too. Instead of being like, no, hang on, how do I feel? Okay, yep, definitely feeling irritated today. Didn't get as much sleep last night as I wanted. Then I had a stressful day at work. No, I'm child pose. Mm. And we just drop back into that restoration of what the body really needs rather than what we presume it needs based on its environment. So that all comes with cycle tracking. Yeah, I love that. I think it really, uh, for me anyway, and, and how you've explained it, just there as well it makes you more compassionate I think for yourself and have that greater understanding of the the changes that you're going through are okay and you can be a lot more accepting of them across the cycle instead of like you said being in your head and, and thinking oh what's wrong with me and why why do I feel this way today it just allows you to go it's all good You're right. There's a saying, um, Dr. Libby actually says this, and I saw her speak for the first time back in 2014, and she said, why do you do what you do when you know what you know? Mm. And I've always taken so much away from that one particular line. Why do you do what you do when you know what you know? Why do you eat the chocolate when you know it might make you feel like shit? Why do you binge drink on cider or beer or champagne knowing that the next day it's going to make you not feel great? Why do you put yourself back into those same punishing relationships when you know it's not the best for you? Mm. And so that's that why do we do what we do? And ultimately with our menstrual cycle, it helps us understand, okay, I do feel differently all the time. So when I recognize that and I can allow myself to be like, you know what, I do feel like I'm really, excuse my language, but fucking hungry right now. I could just eat the house out. So today is day 22 of my cycle when we're recording this. I'm in my inner autumn phase. I'm pre-menstrual. <laughs> like I could literally just go and eat two big tubs of ice cream or make sweet potato chips for lunch, mm -hmm. literally. And it's understanding why you feel that way without judging yourself because of it. Mm -hmm. That alone helps you feel more comfortable in your body and actually helps you accept Oh, and it's probably one of the biggest things that women I see, you know, I've had close to like two and a half thousand people download and use the cycle tracker that I've got on my website. It's completely free. And if you think about it, they, the number of comments that I get around, oh my God, it's just helped me accept that sometimes I just don't want to go out for dinner with my friends anymore, even though I said yes last week. Yeah. And that I don't want my partner to jump me tonight <laughs> and 
I know I said this morning I wanted salad for dinner, but I really just want soup. (laughs) That's okay. And so that's why cycle tracking, connecting with where you're at on the day, how you feel, helps you kind of bring to the forefront of your mind and your being what's going to most serve you on that day. Yeah, I love that. And do you recommend your clients or the women you're working with to also track their basal body temperature? Good question. Personally, no. Okay. Um, there's a there's a lot of different reasons why um, when it comes to natural fertility. If you're learning to track your cycle and you're thinking the basal body temperature is the way to go, mm-hmm. um, it's good, but you don't understand all the variances that can come with basal body temperature and the rigidity that you, I think that's the right word, mm-hmm. the structure around tracking your basal, basal body temperature that you need to have for it to be very accurate. So mm. Unless a woman has had trouble conceiving in other methods that I recommend of natural fertility, I will then add that in as a as an additional method. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not the for me, it's not the go-to method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no worries. Always yeah. interesting to know that. Mm. I've heard you talk about that being sort of in tune with your cycle or understanding the menstrual cycle is where body confidence begins. And I'd love if you could just explain that a little bit further, where what you mean by that. And I guess what you sort of feel that, you know, being in tune with your cycle brings into your life in terms of body confidence. Oh, this is a really good question. <laughs> really good question. I like I'm 35 this year and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm getting really old is what I say to myself. Um, but I feel that with body confidence in the era that I grew up in, you know, we had Dolly Mag, you know, and that's the only time we compared ourselves. And so most of us at school, if I think of all of my girlfriends and we're still all very close friends, there was really only maybe one of us that was really body like unconfident. And we all had a mild, oh, do I look okay in this kind of thing versus like challenging body confidence. Whereas today, especially when I teach in schools, it's everywhere. Mm. And it's because I feel of things like Instagram and Facebook where we just have a lot of um, unrawness in the world. Mm. I'll just call it unrawness. So with body confidence and tracking your cycle, it helps you understand that how you feel at different times of your cycle is actually okay. So, for example, body confidence when you're menstruating. When you understand that, Pushing yourself physically through menstruation is actually hindering the health of the rest of your cycle. So I'm talking about making yourself go to the gym. I had a client this morning, in fact, who said that she's been in pain for the last three three days, not menstrual pain, but just pain in her body, mental pain, physical pain, drown, like down energy, which is like, and I think it's because my trainer pushed me too hard whilst I was bleeding last week. And I was like, why did you even go to the gym? Yeah. And she said, oh, well, you know, I'd already paid for it and I couldn't change the dates because he'd already locked it in. And I was just like, all right, if it was me, I would have still gone if I was worried about the money. And then just like, give me yin, massage my legs, something <laughs> like that, you know, um, instead of pushing. Whereas when women allow, this is the, the confidence, having body confidence to say, hey, look, I'm still going to go to the hard yoga class, but I'm just going to sit in the corner with my three bolsters and my four blankets and a block And I'm just going to do the Kali practice, which is a practice that I teach or yin style yoga or yin versions of the postures that you're teaching in class. And having the confidence in yourself to be the one that's extremely different to the other 30 people in class, that's body confidence from cycle tracking. Yeah, I love that. That's yeah, different, I guess, to what I was thinking it would be and and. It's so, I mean, I used to be that person that would go to HIIT classes uh, on their cycle and I would do, you know, HIIT and vinyasa all in one day and and do that sort of six or seven days a week all month. And now I'm, you know, very, very different to that, that you couldn't pay me to go to the gym when I have my period (laughs) now. Uh, And that's something I also talk to my clients about when I see on the intake form that they're doing uh, something like HIT or, you know, F45 and things like that. It's very common uh, all month long. And I just, yes, get them to start jotting down. How do you feel around your cycle? And and does it feel really hard for you to go to the gym? And normally it's a, yes, I don't know why I'm doing that. Yeah. Feels- or they wake up and they're like, I don't really want to go today. My yeah. body really just needs to, my body really wants to stay in bed. And you still get up and go. Yes. And you get up and go because 
mostly you think that if you don't, you'll get a fat ass. Mm. Unfortunately, ass fat doesn't true. Yeah, ass fat doesn't grow in three days. So take a break. And I always find it so funny how people can take three days off to go to a wedding from the gym. Yeah. And drink and eat all this random food and they can easily take three days off like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday and not do any exercise. But, oh, hell no. If you ask me to do that when I'm menstruating, mm-mm-mm. Mm, yeah. And so it's just the value in seeing the importance of that. And that's just one example. Like the other example, um, and I'll use food as an example because I feel like a lot of your listeners might like to learn mm. about the food aspect, is that nutritionally, um, you know, having had leaky gut, I'm – not what's the right word I was going to say cautious around what I eat when I'm out I'm very picky let's Mm. just say that I know a lot of stuff that's preaching to the choir (laughs) that most people don't know about you know even when it comes down to like the ingredients that are ingredients that have got six ingredients in that one ingredient and you've Mm. never seen the certificate of analysis in your life and you have no idea what that is so for me I'm not someone who eats out a lot and I actually enjoy cooking food but when I know my cycle, body confidence, I know that around my ovulation window, so when I'm fertile, my estrogen is high, my FSH is on the increase, getting ready to release an egg. And because of that, that then gives my body the confidence. Also, my digestive system, a good helping hand, at having a slightly faster metabolism, a slightly easier digestive system. And I'm more likely to eat out at that time of my cycle without any challenge or stress however Mm. if you ask me to do that today like day 22 of my cycle just before I begin bleeding which will probably occur around day 27 day 28 I would be taking digestive enzymes with me I'd be making sure I'm having extra vitamin C after I've been out and eaten because that same meal that I could eat literally two weeks apart my body is going to respond differently to the food Mm. and that all comes from cycle tracking so body confidence isn't just you feeling great in your boobs or you feeling like you've got hot legs and like, oh my God, I'm so glowing today. It's more, it's more about, okay, I feel confident in the decisions that I'm making around the health of my body, nutritionally, physically, and emotionally. It's like health literacy and feeling really empowered in your body. Totally. Totally. The other yeah. big one is emotion, like having confidence when you and I'm like, this is like a little 101. Mm-hmm. I always say to anyone who's in my my groups, my any type of work that I do, <clears throat> is that the first go-to is hang on what day of my cycle moon. So let's just imagine it's post-ovulation, you're in this inner autumn premenstrual phase, which is where I am right now, actually. But and you're going through a day and you're feeling really agitated and then you get rushed home from work and you're like, oh my God, I'm starving. I just want to eat everything. And you're like, fuck, there's no chips. And you're like, shit, I wish I had chocolate, but I don't. And the ice cream's finished. <laughs> and you're like, you're literally in this hangry kind of mode is that when you walk in, if you're like, hang on, hang on, wall, stop, 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 Gemma, wall. What day of your cycle are you on? Oh, day 22. Okay. And how are you feeling right now? Agitated, hungry, hangry. In fact, frustrated too. You're like, oh, of course, it's in autumn. This is one of the main reasons why I feel this way. So when you recognize that emotionally, you can have the confidence to be like, oh, okay. So right now my body wants me to choose these other food options, but I know how my body actually feels. So what will I choose? And then you are actually stepping into a place of presence and choice rather than like the non-observer choice, which mm. is like clocking out and literally just being on robotic mode. Um, and that's another way you can look at emotional support and confidence, which creates body confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that. That's really good. Mm. And I do have a question around a lot of the clients I see in clinic are sort of in that, um, similar to going back to your story and I have a similar one as well, but post oral contraceptive, they've come off it and they are kind of going, what? is going on with my body what Mm -hmm. is it doing I'm very confused I've got all of these weird symptoms should I go back on the pill should I not what do I do and I guess what's your sort of starting point with those sorts of clients and also um is it possible for women to even live in tune with their cycle when they're taking something like the oral contraceptive or some other kind of hormonal birth control 
Great question. Okay, I'll start with the later question mm-hmm. about is it possible for women to live in tune with their cycle whilst on any form of hormonal contraception? Firstly, technically, no. Mm. Now, the reason why is your hormones are kind of switched off. And because they're switched off and you're providing your body with some form of synthetic hormone, you actually don't have a cycle. The pill packet looks like it's a cycle. And technically, when the contraceptive pill first came out, it was developed without a bleed. Mm -hmm. So you never got the synthetic bleed. The, The contraceptive pill, women were going for like four months without a bleed and they felt really unnatural to not have a bleed. So they went back to the drawing board and they were like, okay, how do we bring in a bleed? And so that's where the um, like the sugar pills kind yeah. of come into contraception. But just know that it never started like that. So that's not the purpose. The purpose of being on the contraceptive pill isn't for you to have a bleed still. It's for you to not ovulate or to completely suppress ovulation. Now think about it. Ovulation occurs. I feel like I'm going to go on a rant here. Ovulation occurs <laughs> because, like, because of a ricochet of events through your endocrine system. If you're like, what's the endocrine system? The endocrine system is full of glands and organs. So glands that live in your brain, glands that live in your throat, your thyroid, your adrenals, your pancreas, and basically it's switching off all of them too, not just your ovaries, which release the, flo- the follicle releases the egg. Mm-hmm. So we need to understand that firstly. So when we're like, oh, well, can I still be on a cycle whilst I'm on the contraceptive pill? Yes, you can, but you're not going to have the same effects that I've just described. You're you're not going to have the same effects of the emotional changes and the energetic changes and the physical changes that you may once get when you're on natural contraception, as in Mm. non-hormonal. Now, the, way, the reason why I say, yes, you can still cycle while you're on the pill, and this is what I would encourage, I always encourage if someone's thinking about coming off the contraceptive pill, stop, go and get some support. Mm. Yeah, literally, if you were coming off alcohol and you were an alcoholic, you would get support. If you were coming off cocaine because you were a drug addict, you would also get support. That's why they have centres for this. Now, with contraception and hormonal contraception, it affects everybody's body slightly differently. So there's a common few threads, but it's very different from person to person. The reason why it's different from person to person is because everybody eats differently, everybody lives a different life, moves differently, has different stress levels, blah, 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 blah. So you need to look at yourself as an individual case. Mm. This is why sometimes infographics and stuff on Instagram aren't really that great and it really aggravates me a little bit that that's where people get their education from when really learning from the core like I guess teacher or educator or support like yourself is really important so when it comes to cycling on your um, contraceptive pill if you're taking the pill or you're say on a hormonal IUD is you can use a cycle tracker I highly encourage it in fact but just know that you might not notice similar or the same changes that a woman on not on hormonal contraception would. So what you would do is you would still track with the core foundations of tracking, which I teach in my free tracker, and you would use that as a foundation, which is like a stepping place to coming off the pill. What that means is you understand the nature of connecting with your body and tracking each day so that when you do come off the contraceptive pill, you just keep that habit and that actually will support you Mm -hmm. along with other things. So that's the first one. What was the first question? first question that you asked because um, you asked about um tracking the whole thing was about contraception hormonal contraception but the uh, second I guess question it was what you recommend as sort of the starting point for women okay, cool. coming off the oral yeah. contraceptive pill okay so that's the next step so we've just talked about for those who are on it that's why i went to the later one first those who are on it and then what they can do that way now if you're like okay I'm coming off this thing. I'm definitely coming off this thing. How can I support myself? Is firstly, you need to remove all expectations of what your cycle will be like after you've stopped the hormonal contraception or had the hormonal contraception removed, depending on what thing you're on. That's the first thing because we have too many expectations. And we're like, oh my God, my it's been 40 days since my last pill bleed and I don't have a bleed yet. Like, just remove, just stop it, just stop it. <laughs> so then the next thing I would I would recommend is you want to support yourself in three essential ways, nutritional support, physical support, and emotional support. So nutritional support is understanding how your body 
is impacted by the contraceptive pill. And this is where you come in, right? So this is understanding that your body can be stripped of essential nutrients, that it uses the nutrients that you might use in other aspects of your body in a different way, that you might, when you come off the um, hormonal contraceptive pill, if we look at the birth control pill, it might change your DHE levels and therefore that might contribute to acne. But it's really important to recognize, hang on, why did I go on the pill in the first place? Mm. And if you went on the pill in the first place because of any kind of sign, cycle sign, whether it's painful periods, acne, weight gain, whatever, is that the pill has somewhat been suppressing this. So when you come off the contraceptive pill, if you have expectations it's going to be a certain way, just let it all go. You need to kind of allow your body to run its course. So think about having an alcoholic come off alcohol or an, or a drug addict coming off drugs is you kind of have to help them and support them in running the course of withdrawal. So there will be a period of time of withdrawal and it's different for every person. I help clients with this specific process all the time is that some just get their period back and they've just got a healthy cycle straight away. Some, it takes two years and it all depends on so many factors. So that's us looking at the the nutritional and the physical is you want to make sure you're getting your body the right nutritional support. I actually have some podcast episodes on my podcast, the Well Women podcast about this, about Mm -hmm. coming off the contraceptive pill. But that's the first one. You also want then want to make sure that you're supporting yourself physically. If you need to rest, you need to rest. Your body's going to be detoxing and literally resetting. So it's kind of like a massive reset is going to be occurring. And then you also need to understand, well, what is your next goal? Yeah, this is really important. Like, what is your next goal? So if you went on the hormonal contraceptive, whatever, pill, IUD, Marina, for um to avoid pre- pregnancy, okay, we need to know, well, what is your net, what is the goal now? Mm. If you're if you went on the pill to suppress or get rid of acne, okay, what is your goal now? Um, and very commonly it's to do with contraception. So that's where I would then encourage you to invest. And yes, it can be a financial investment. It's actually why I started the academy membership. It's so freaking cheap and you learn everything. Mm-hmm. But is you want to invest in yourself to learn how your cycle optimally operates and then how you can apply natural fertility methods. When you do that, yes, it's an investment and people are like, but why would I pay all this money to like see an acupuncturist and they go spend $150 on a new dress? I'm like, seriously, sister, in two years' time, that thing is going to be out of fashion and you're still going to have no idea how your body works. So invest in yourself. (laughs) Bit of a rant there. Invest in yourself to learn this information because if you're learning this at, say, 22 or 23 or even 33 or 35 like me, or even 40 or more, it's still going to serve you for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's never too late. Never. And it will give you the confidence of knowing where you are in your cycle based on the cycle goals that you have. It's seriously never too late. Like I've worked with a woman post-menopausal about this and she wanted to know about her cyclical nature because she still has a cyclical nature too. It's just a different cyclical nature. Mm. And we call this like the wise woman years and all women who have been through this menopause like they kind of convert into wise women it's a beautiful process and they can still live cyclically because they can sometimes not feel like women anymore or menstruators anymore because they're not menstruating like oh my god my life's just all over and I feel really like how do men do this all the time same thing every day (laughs) so it's then teaching them how they can adapt this beautiful cyclical nature I love that and you know I think like you said, it's never too late and it excites me so much that, you know, my mum, while she was, I think, very open-minded and uh, quite into the whole natural health side of things, she still has no idea what went on with her cycle when she had one. And I just think it's so exciting that, you know, as the younger generation, if we can educate and empower ourselves with that information now, not only does that improve our menstruating years but we then if we choose to have kids of course are able to pass that on to them and then you know the the cycle pardon the pun continues of them being able to continue passing it on and I just think that's really really exciting because we really need more people like you in schools 
um, delivering that education because, you know. I'm working on a big project with that. (laughs) Yeah, that's, we need, we definitely need it. Like, you know, I just, we had no idea our sort of, my understanding of the menstrual cycle as a, a teen was basically you get an inconvenient bleed every month and you want to hope that it doesn't come when you've got a social event on and like swimming carnival (laughs) yeah like that was it that was it you know and I can't I honestly it wasn't until you know later to sort of early 20s when similarly I'd been on the oral contraceptive pill went off it and I didn't have a cycle for two years and sort of decided I'd go looking for answers and that yeah led me on a whole new path and trajectory but yeah just I think it's incredible that there's people like you delivering this information in schools because potentially there'll be a lot of young women that are largely avoiding a lot of the problems that I'm seeing in clinic and you're probably seeing it with your clients as well. Mm, Thank you. It's I have this vision of just like right now if you think of like us in our age brackets when we were at school is we didn't really know anything and it was never talked about and it was kind of like there. Now imagine in 20 years time from now when the babies who are being born now are going through school and they're having this experience where their friends are like, hey, when was the last time you got your period? Do you have any tampons? And it's an open conversation as opposed to the opposite of like the era that I experienced is like, oh, are you in your period? You're so moody. You know, like just um, like it, all it takes is a literally implementation of us all embracing it and then sharing it. And so that's my vision for like one to two generations ahead that we have a world and you've got to understand ancestrally, it's been largely misunderstood and there's not a lot of old scriptures around menstruation because women weren't writers, men were. Mm. men were the scripted so there was not a lot written on the menstrual cycle there was some things but not much and you know I think we can largely change that yeah I mean we still sort of see that to an extent now in the scientific literature right that there's not a lot of women included in the studies because our bodies are just too complicated so you know a really common example of that is fasting and everyone getting on that train and thinking it's the bee's knees which given there are some amazing health benefits but it's only been studied in men and that... do not even get me started hold me back <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that for today and we'll come back to it another time but yeah i just think that's i guess still an example of that playing out today mm. uh but anyway totally. it, hopefully it is changing it is changing yeah, it, it really is. And it's great to see. And more and more workplaces are, you know, giving, um, like, for example, I've got um, a client who's a police officer mm-hmm. and she took a menstrual day recently. And that's a very masculine dominated industry, mm-hmm. um, not just masculine as in men, but energy, masculine mm-hmm. energy dominated industry. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a slow ripple effect, but um, the more people who are embracing their cycle, the mm-hmm. more we impact, which is really, really cool. And the more we can just rewrite that experience for future gener- um, future menstruators. Yeah, definitely. So for, I guess, the, the women out there listening, what are some key nutritional and lifestyle habits that they can look at starting to incorporate across the different phases of their cycle to be more in tune with that? Um, so different nutritional and physical things they can in- incorporate. Right? Yeah. So this sounds really simple, but this is like the starting place mm-hmm. is that if it comes from nature, it's generally good for you. Mm-hmm. So good food, right? Good food comes from nature and your body knows how to digest food from nature. So that's generally good for you when it comes to food. You want to look at your temperatures of your food and also the temperature of your body. So think about the seasons. So each of the four phases of your cycle can be linked to the season, menstruation in a winter, spring is your follicular phase, um, pre-ovulation, then you've got ovulation in summer, and then in autumn is premenstrual, post-ovulation, is that think about what kind of food you would like to eat in those times of the year and then replicate that into your menstrual cycle. It's such a simple thing to wait, a way to remember it, to get started. First thing is clean food that comes from nature. Second thing is temperature of food. And then the next thing with physical is connect with your body by cycle tracking, know how you feel physically, and then honor your body in that way. Mm-hmm. 
really simple. Um, and there, if you can just do that for three cycles, like three full menstrual cycles, then we can go to the next step. And I don't like overwhelming people. So like, that's the best way to start. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. And I've also heard you talk about a couple of core nutritional products that you like using as well. And that's obviously going to, I know you don't recommend sort of starting out with all of those from the get-go, starting out with just one, but could you give us an overview of what those products are and why you use them as part of um, balancing your cycle and living in tune with that? Awesome. So the number one reason why I recommend nutritional products is it's virtually impossible to get everything you need from food. Now, even if you grew everything yourself and then cooked it all, like there's only so much you can put in your mouth at a time and digest. Yeah. So I really believe in partnering your food that you, that you eat with nutritional products. So personally, the core foundation for me, and they're all I always say, and this is because I worked in the industry, but you want to make sure every single nutritional product that you purchase is pharmaceutically manufactured so that you're getting everything that's in the product is on the label. And generally, pharmaceutically manufactured nutritional products are produced by publicly traded companies. Therefore, you're getting more transparency in the product that you're purchasing, Mm. which is really important. It took me a long time to find a good product brand that I actually enjoy. I like and that I can recommend. But that's the first thing is just quality of the brand is really good. If you ever buy anything that's 50% off, I'm sorry, but you're pretty much just wasting your money. So not those vitamins at Coles? (laughs) Or any supermarket for that matter. If you think about it from a nutritional perspective, good quality products don't cut their prices down Mm. on the shelf. So they're still making a profit from it there. So that's what I would look at. Um, Now, when we in terms of products, there's kind of four core ones that I'd recommend. So the first one that I want to make sure that people are using is a multivitamin. Now, skeptical side is I always say use a prenatal multivitamin and people are like, but I'm not trying to be pregnant and I'm not pregnant. I'm just like, well, I'm sorry. Pregnancy requires certain nutrients for a healthy cycle. That's why that's called a prenatal, not just to keep babies alive, but to have a healthy cycle. And if you are working on having a healthy cycle, especially coming off hormonal contraception, Mm. taking a prenatal that's the same price as the other multivitamin anyway makes sense to me. I've actually been using a prenatal for five years. Why not get the extra nutrients is my saying. So there's that. Then the second one is use a mercury-free fish oil. Um, And then I also recommend a probiotic, so a pharmaceutically graded probiotic. Those three products are like your go-to for your whole life, really, Mm. if you think about it. You've got your gut health and you've got all of your essential, um, you know, vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. Now, the fourth product, that this is a baseline, is a magnesium-calcium blend. Now, the product I recommend is magnesium 50-50, like one-to-one ratio of magnesium-calcium with vitamin D chelated into it to help with absorption. That is really great for menstrual cycle, cycle signs. That's what I kind of recommend. Mm -hmm. Um, So for women who have endometriosis um, or heavy periods or painful periods, that can be very supportive. And Mm. the pill or the hormonal contraception just kind of can strip the body of calcium anyway and and other essential minerals. So taking that kind of boosts you up, which is great. Mm. Um, But the foundation is take a prenatal. Now, Mm. If that's all you've got, then that's it. That's great. If you've got more, take a probiotic with that. Then if you can add add more, take a mercury-free fish oil. Then if you can do more, add the, but start with the prenatal. It's kind of like the baseline of everything that you need essentially at, mineral, at, at base. Yeah, we definitely shouldn't be waiting until we're trying to conceive to be at our peak healthiest. I think we can be doing that much, much sooner. <laughs> totally. It's... um. It's something there's a lot of miseducation around nutritional products out there and it really is just understanding that the way that we manufacture food and we feed ourselves is very different to how it once was and we have more needs on our body today than what we've ever had before because we now live with a lot of extra things that we didn't have 100 years ago. Yeah, for sure. We've got all the radiation and EMFs and Mm -hmm. all the tech around us and all the extra stresses. Cars. We even have cars. We didn't have cars, you know, 150, 200 years ago. For sure. And we hadn't been doing the the degree of uh, mass farming that we're doing now as well. 
Yeah, a lot's changed. And so I always see anyone who can invest. Investing in nutritional products is more important often than investing in your gym membership. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love the the tip about using the prenatal. I've recommended that before, but uh, I've used it usually solely for women who have come off the oral contraceptive pill because normally upon blood testing or hormonal birth control, I should say, there's multiple deficiencies that we see and that's a really nice way to start covering a few bases without ending Mm. up taking you know four or five different supplements in one you've kind of got everything in that one there so I love that it's a great foundation yeah definitely Mm. so I'm conscious of your time today but I've really absolutely loved this conversation and you know you're just an absolute wealth of knowledge I think it's really exciting what you're doing in schools and I think any parents out there should be really stoked if you're presenting in their school hopefully their young women will come back with um yeah some excellent information and know-how knowing more about their body and and certainly feeling more empowered and yeah, I'd love if you could just direct our listeners to where they could find out more about you and also we'll pop all of the uh, things that we've talked about to so the cycle tracking guide and even your uh, supplement recommendations and things like that over in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. So uh, the place I like to hang out the most is Instagram and I'm, you can find my handle as Wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E underscore Gemily. I'm sure you'll put that in the notes. Um, the cycle tracker you can actually just get directly off my website too so if you get confused as to where the show notes are I sometimes find when I'm listening to a podcast I'm like where is their freaking website I can't <laughs> find it um, so wellsome.com you'll find it on the home page or you'll find it in the link in my bio on Instagram um, and if you want to check out the podcast just wellwoman podcast there's a link everywhere on my website on Instagram um, and yeah get started with the cycle tracker it's free it doesn't cost you anything it comes with videos on how to use it too so you get a bit of guidance um, and if you have questions, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Amazing. Thanks so much, Gemily. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Holistic Health Chats. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a rating and review in iTunes, as this allows me to help more women just like you. Holistic Health Chats is not intended to replace medical advice, so please consult with your practitioner before making any changes to your current health. If you are ready to take your health to the next level and would like some personalized support, the next step is booking in for a complimentary health chat. Please head to selendouglas.com forward slash book for more information.